Hey, Carl. Hey, Lincoln. What we just watched? We just watched uh, Magnificent Seven. And it was thoroughly one. enjoyable. Really good. For once in my fucking life, I see a fun movie that I enjoyed. Thank God. This year has been shit. It's been really bad. I really enjoyed this movie. It's a lot of fun. I did as well. So Magnificent Seven, if you did not know, is a remake. Of Seven Samurai. Of Seven Samurai. <laughs> Fucking Chris stupid ass stuff. Get your pretentious <laughs> shit out of here. It's a remake of The Magnificent Seven. Which is a loose adaptation of Seven Samurai. Yeah. And Three Amigos. Three Amigos is a really loose adaptation of The Magnificent yeah. Three. I mean, come on. So Magnificent Seven, Seven has uh, my boy Denzel. Denzel's pretty good. We got Chris Pratt. Ethan Hawke. Come on, dude. He needs more roles. He really does. Yeah. Well, he's too busy filming Boyhood for 12 years. Vincent. Oh, God. What's Vincent's last name? <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio. Brian. Fucking, er, fucking idiot. Not Brian. Byung Hun Lee. Pretty badass in this. Haley Manuel Bennett. Garcia Ruffrolfo. Rough Rider. That's DMX. Martin Sinsmeyer. <laughs> I just love you trying to say people's name. And Peter Skarsgård. So you want to do a plot? Breakdown? This will probably be a quick episode. There's not a lot to say about this movie. No, not really. Plot is... Here we go, because it's a really in-depth plot. So this town is being taken over by Peter Skarsgård's character. He's a very evil man that wants the town because of the mine so that he can get gold. So he's like, yo, you better give me $20 for your land. Or I'm going to give you $20 and you're getting the fuck out of here. Or I'm going to shoot you in the head. Or I'm going to shoot you in the head. Well, I never really shot anybody in the head. He shot him in like the gut most I'm going to kill you. So then they, the town hires the A-team. The A-team comes in and is like, we're going we're gonna to help you. And then there's a big fight. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. It's very simplistic, very basic, very good. Go see it because apparently it didn't do that well at box office. Which is weird. I highly recommend it. Yeah. The uh, budget of $95 million, opening weekend $36 million. Something like It's not it's enough. as big as what I thought it would get. I don't know. It has a very good cast. It's fun. It's, competently shot. Everything. I, I don't know. It's very well written. They give you so much exposition without actually giving you exposition. And this movie, pro, uh, it promotes old people making out. Did you see? that before i want to go into spoilers and everything did you see the okay so we saw this movie uh in the afternoon mm-hmm. or so no kids were there thank it was, god it's fucking great there was like a row of old people in front of us did you see the two just macking on each other oh yeah oh they're getting into it slow down joe you're gonna get a heart attack i don't know if this is a makeout movie it's a lot of death a lot of death in this over 200 people because they say he has an army of 200 they oh, kill they them were, all they were, they were far more than that half the town's dead half the magnificent seven dies spoilers oh cup the first magnificent seven's been out since what that came out like 56 i think it was 60 was it 60 i think it was okay. 1960 so spoilers if you know nothing about the first magnificent seven it's a western it's what you expect yeah. but you know highly recommend it had a lot of fun go see it mm-hmm. it's good yeah i'm not really gonna go too in depth on the plot stuff i just want to talk you, about you stuff that did. i liked yeah because that's <laughs> It's that's, as far as you can go. That's pretty much it, yep. I want to talk about Ethan Hawke. Go ahead. I fucking love Ethan Hawke. Good night, Robichaux. Good night, Robichaux. I think it was Robichaux. Robichaux. Yes, because it was uh, it was like Bordeaux. No, it's like Robichaux. No, because Bordeaux, it has the X. The one, Ethan Hawke's great. I don't know why he was in Boyhood. <laughs> A lot of names have an X in them. Why isn't Boyhood? He was in Daybreakers. That movie kind of sucked, but I still liked it. I wanted to get more roles. And he was so fucking great in this one. He's really good in this. This movie really is kind of dialogue driven more than it is anything else. Mm -hmm. 
but they don't feel the need to like shove backstories down your throat with dialogue because his character has this subplot of struggling with kind of like ptsd from the civil war not the civil war the alamo or alamo just remember because he's talking to vasquez vasquez maybe my grandpa killed your grandpa he's like well that's just reassuring to know and so he has this internal struggle that is also an outward struggle because he's unable to really actually kill anybody even though he's incredibly lethal and it is explained to you in like one conversation that's very subtle and that's it yeah that's all it needed and that's when he's leaving he's like i become a coward and chisholm's what did he say um the war's over the war's over for you and me but i need you and you get it yeah because because you see him when he's struggling to like fire the gun so you know that there's something starting there he has a very small conversation with his sidekick billy rocks and then there's the conversation with denzel's character and that's it you don't need more you don't need a flashback i was expecting some kind of flashback or something there was no flashbacks in in this foxhole at the alamo there was none, and it was great. Did they have foxholes at the Alamo? Oh, no, they didn't have foxholes at the Alamo. They have foxholes in this. They dig trenches. Yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily a foxhole. I think, I think that's a like foxhole. I don't know the logistics of foxholes, though. What do you mean logistics? It's a fucking hole. No, but like a foxhole, I thought it was supposed to just be like a, kind of like a more so shallow hole, so that like you lay in it so you don't get hit by grenades. I, you're gonna get hit in a shallow hole what's a shallow hole gonna do well not you? like a super shallow i'm not talking like eight feet deep hole i'm talking about like a couple of feet okay Maybe like a foot that's pretty shallow nah, that's pretty shallow <laughs> like two feet i mean that's still pretty shallow a two feet yeah uh i don't uh, i'm trying to think what two feet would be two it's two feet it's a I know, unit but like, of what, measure like, i don't what know is, <laughs> what is two feet that i can imagine so i can think of like a foxhole that would be two feet deep. two rulers Oh, uh, yeah. A ruler is one foot, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's still kind of shallow. It's fucking shallow. What about three feet? Three feet is just a foot extra. Yeah, but I'm, that's half of burial, isn't it? Six feet? Six foot is burial. Yeah, so yeah. like three feet, I would say. I think three foot's where you can bury pets. Is it? Because the frost line, at least in Indiana. I don't know. We're getting off topic. <laughs> Burial's down. Anyway, there are trenches in this, and they blow shit up. There's card tricks. The other character I want to talk about is fucking Billy Rocks. He does rock. He was really cool because he was this Chinese guy that could do kung fu-y stuff. He didn't do kung fu. He like threw knives. It's knives not really, he didn't like do hand-to-hand combat. He was fucking people up with knives. Him and Vincent D'Onofrio. It's pronounced D'Onofrio. Jesus Christ. The actor that was Billy Rocks, I knew that I recognized him from somewhere. He was in my favorite Korean film, I Saw the Devil. Is Are you making that? Did you know that? You can go fuck yourself because i'm so mad like i knew that it was getting remade i knew it was but as soon as i saw the fucking director i mean he did player witch it's gonna be good Haley bennett was great from hardcore henry fame she looks like uh you know the one girl that's in insurgents you know i'm talking about what's her name I don't know. Uh, uh, oh, Faulkner stars. Oh, Shailene Woodley. Okay, so I think she's like poor man's Jennifer Lawrence. But I think that mo- like that's just how I always see her. It's just like, oh, we can't get Jennifer Lawrence. Let's just put her in there. I think she is going to be kind of that now. She like eerily looks like Jennifer Lawrence and is also like... As I think with her actor. next role, though, it could easily jump her past that because she's gonna be a girl on a train oh is that oh that's right yeah hopefully i thought she was great now i thought she's really good i thought she was the best part of hardcore henry as well very true which we saw that this year right that was this year yeah that was this year oh boy forgot about it yeah we've seen a lot of forgettable movies 
A lot of bad. Very few good. So thank you, Magnificent Seven. Mm. And Antoine, what was the director's name? Oh, uh, well, I am on Fouquois. the IMDb. Fuqua. I think something like that. Is it? Is it very? Uh, Antoine Fuqua. Yes. Very talented dude. Who, he did uh, Training Day. Didn't know that. And he did Shooter as well. Uh, I think he did the one movie about the White House blowing up. The, the uh, one Memphis where like has, two of them came out Olympus at the same time. Olympus has fallen. Never saw it because I thought it looked like shit. Yeah. But, you know, I've liked his other films. Shooter wasn't great, but I enjoyed it. Training Day is really good. I think really the big plus about Magnificent Seven is just the fact that it is just a fun throwback spaghetti western. 100%. And it's, yeah, it's fun. It has humor, drama. There's some tense moments. Yeah, the scene where they're in the town and it's with the deputies. It's, it's really like a three-minute standoff scene. And it's It's tense. really tense. It's not because you're worried about what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen, but it's when. When and how is it going to happen? Yeah, it's like who is going to draw their gun and how is this going to happen and what's, you know. It's a fantastic scene. All of the characters are fleshed out without... Without being fleshed being out. Being fleshed it's, out, yeah. It's really weird. You care about them. You know their backstories. You know their personalities. Even the the Mexican guy that I can't remember Vasquez? his name for. It. Yeah. I don't know like anything about his backstory because he's it's wanted. barely that's all it is. He's just wanted, but by his actions and how he talks the way he talks with Chris his Pratt. Yeah. How he rescues Chris Pratt. You get him. You understand who he is. Excellent. Chris Pratt as well. He doesn't have a backstory, really. No. His motivation is he wants his horse back. Yeah, he, all it is is that he's at a bar and he's like gambling and then he gets roped into this that's all you need it's just so simple i love red, how simple it was red harvest is even simpler they just find him yeah he was camping. out yeah he was out and then basically alludes to not being with his tribe anymore so denzel's like join us he's like all right done that's it he's i loved his character i really i really liked him the only thing i didn't like <laughs> the fake uh deer heart I wasn't. I don't think that was supposed to be a deer heart. Was it not a deer as heart? As much as okay. a slab of meat, even though it was like so pristinely, perfectly cut. Yeah, because I was like, "What is it? Did he? No, if he did, you have to like rip at it. It's better than the CGI at the very end. Yeah, so at the very end, um, like basically showing, after the movie. Yeah, they're showing the crosses from the graves of the four that die and the entire thing is cgi like you could tell when they pan to the like the town, the town it's fake did they just feel like we need that tacked on but we've already destroyed the set honestly i think it is that they just thought that they needed something at the end and they you know they probably were done with filming and everything and to me the best ending was they ride off into the sunset the ones well, that are left. i mean if they rode off into the sunset well, then we could have still had you know the emma cullen character her kind of monologue going over it mm -hmm. get the same effect from it i really love the end stony we don't know if they took her money or not i love that as soon as they're done they just leave like there's no celebration there's no talking they just leave which chris stuckman i'm calling you the fuck out again you can suck my balls in chris stuckman's review he ta keeps talking about seven samurai and he keeps comparing this to seven samurai if you're gonna do that you got to talk about the end then if we're gonna go down this route he gives no examples though because seven samurai the ending of of that is actually like not it's not really a good ending because we have the three samurai that survive 
are like, okay, well, we killed all of the other, all the other samurai that were terrorizing this village. And then the village is like, yay, we did it. Okay, well, we're going to start being happy and free. And the samurai are left to, four of their friends died, and they don't know what the fuck to do anymore. It's very somber. Mm-hmm. Which this, I think, still has a somber tone. It's a you good You get it by Sam- or Samuel Jackson. I think it's because of the scars guard. I was so confused at the beginning. I kept thinking, when I saw him in the credit, I thought, fucking Tarzan's in this? Yeah. <laughs> Wrong scars guard. I thought it was a boat at some point. I don't fucking know. No, and he just asks about the character and they just shake their heads and he turns around and sees Ethan Hawke. There's like emotion there, but he doesn't like show it. Another thing I loved was the quick deaths of quintessential characters because Ethan Hawke's character and Billy. They just die. They just die by a Gatling gun. There's no like. done in like. Tell my family. I'm sorry. No, they're just fucking dead. And the same thing happened, which you kind of had a problem with, but I told you you were dumb. Well, Red Harvest. Corrected it afterwards. Red Harvest didn't die. The guy he was fighting did. I don't remember his name. It was a different... I've had forgotten because I was thinking he didn't have that badass moment because I kind of built that character as a badass, Mm -hmm. but he did when he killed Jack. Yeah. And Jack can take those fucking arrows. (laughs) His character was great. I fucking loved D'Onofrio in this. Jack Horn was great. I just loved his voice was (laughs) how high pitched it is. It sounds when he's talking to Red Harvest, he's like, you speak English? He's like, so he's like, you little shit. There's like little throwaway lines that are funny in this. Chris Pratt's really funny. Yeah, the humor I was completely okay with. It never felt out of place. And never felt like it was played for laughs. And it never felt out of character, more importantly. Because they were all just drunk and having fun and friends. And yeah. it was pretty funny. Yeah, the fi- the scene with Red uh, Red Harvest is fighting the other Native American. The, Kills I don't, him pretty I don't remember what his name was. I'm not sure. They all have like that weird x i don't know way of speaking that makes it hard to understand names sometimes and the fight is over in like 10 seconds and i thought it was fucking great because when that started of them like showing down i was like fuck we're gonna be flashing back to them fighting and flashing to that fight and that's gonna go on for like 10 yeah they didn't do that they just finished the fight and moved on thank you thank i do think it played out well that after he kills me just says you're a disgrace kind of shows like this isn't what a true warrior is this isn't i, I thought it was good well i think mainly too he was going to get ready to kill a woman yeah and that's oh no 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 no, 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 no. you don't do that no it's he's he had his badass moment the same before that if he didn't and that's how he died i'd be like eh, give him didn't really something do yeah like peter skarsgård that dude every time he was on screen he just wanted to punch him i didn't like his beginning monologue that much oh in the church yeah i thought it was a little too hammy yeah i thought he was fine the rest of the movie i thought he's really good i just kind of didn't like the monologue no he's one of those characters that his words can make him somewhat intimidating but he as a person is not you know once he gets in a fight he stands no chance yeah and he didn't at all. It's kind of weird. I don't know. I it just the the opening monologue just didn't do anything for me. It didn't make me hate him. I think it made me just like the eh. problem with the opening monologue is before he comes into the church, they're all talking about what he's trying to do, and then he comes in and says what he's trying to do. There's no we know you just told us. Yeah, but still, I thought I thought he was good. He was a very good villain. Denzel was fucking fantastic as always. And another thing of subtlety which this movie has, which really, really surprised me in terms of not telling character motivations until the very end mm-hmm. with Denzel's character of that there is a past with him and the main bad guy. I don't remember his name. Bart Braun. 
Brone? Bogue. Bogue. I thought it was Bow the entire time. I didn't know it was G, but it's Bogue. Bogue. Yeah, Denzel has a past with him, and it's not showed until the very end that the Bogue character raped and killed his mom and, like, killed his family and then tried to hang him. He has scars from a noose. And it's hinted at that there is some kind of past because the dialogue is really fucking good in this movie to where Ethan Hawke says, like, are we fighting the war in front or the war behind? Hinting to a past that Denzel has. And then he's like, when they were talking about Emma, said she's about as old as your sister would be right now. He's like, yeah. All right. We now know his sister's dead. It's so easy to be like, you're not doing this because that man killed your family, are you? Which they could have easily could have had easily some done. kind and of... They didn't, but you still felt the whole time, he's not doing this for the money. Well, yeah, at the very beginning, you know that there is some kind of ulterior motive to it. And I think each character had that. Let's think, it wasn't a lot of money. He even said it's nowhere enough for him, but it's enough for seven people. I think a lot of them really had nothing to lose. Especially the Mexican character that was being hunted that was... That... Yeah, he was... They had a... Yeah, he just said, said, you know, if you help, I'm not going to come find you anymore. Others will, but not me. He's like, sold. I'm in. And then when Ethan Hawke's character leaves, he decides to stay because he has nothing else to do. Just simple. I love it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, there's so much. Uh, I loved Haley Bennett. I loved Emma Collins' character. Especially, the first thing I said when it came out, I was like, I loved having a female lead that didn't have a love interest. God, and then the fucking... Okay, so at the end of it... She has this guy that she's been with kind of the entire time. Which it's a week, Partner. by the way. Yeah, it's her husband weeks. was murdered a week. Husband prior. murdered a week before. Chris Pratt Jr. Yeah, he looked, it, he looked we like both Chris thought that he was Chris Pratt at the beginning. I thought he was scene. Chris Pratt, and then when she says like he's dead, I'm like, who the fuck? <laughs> oh, oh, that wasn't that wasn't Chris Pratt. Gotcha. And he kind of starts walking towards her, and I was very scared that they were gonna like embrace. I didn't know. Thank God. <laughs> it has been a weak woman. She's a badass. Can hold her own. She can shoot a gun. She's the one that hires the A-team. I'll keep calling them the A-team because the A-team is pretty much 80s. Well, Magnificent this, Seven, you know. You know, this theme is not a new theme. Not at all. But it's a good theme. It works. Because you can do so much with it. I haven't seen Hateful Eight, but I'm going to assume it's probably similar. Kind of like it, yeah. And as a remake... I think this is a fine remake. It I, changes stuff up, but improves on a lot. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just repeat the same old story. You know, the basic plot's there, but everything else is different and new and original. And they did a good job. They didn't shit on the original. This is good. I really enjoyed this movie. Tons of fun. Fucking love westerns. I, I do more too. westerns. I do like westerns. I love the stuff with the playing cards with Chris Pratt. I thought... At first, I didn't. I thought, like, oh, great, he's going to have, like, some stupid little character arc where he does magic. But then a throwaway line when he tells the guy it's never about the card. Oh, okay. And then it comes into play at the end with the cigarette. It wasn't about the cigarette. Got an enemy to light a cigarette. And then, ha I got dynamite. After he robocopped it and took, like, eight bullets. Did you expect him to have dynamite? No. Because I 100% did. See, I didn't think about it. Oh, okay. Well, that's good, then. Because, uh, to me, his character arc of I will sacrifice... At that point, he knew he was going to die. He was willing to do what it took. And the way I took it was, like the cards, it wasn't about the cigarette. He got them off the gun. Mm. I thought it 
someone else suddenly was going to be able to. He you. had distracted them from the Gatling gun. I was just waiting for him to pull out the dynamite. See, I didn't think about the dynamite. I should have because he had the line earlier. He's like, I've never, I've always wanted to blow something. Exactly. Up. That's and he blows yeah. himself up for these people he's never met. So you know, all these guys sacrifice themselves for the greater good. And then you had Jack Horn, who basically tells you because he like reads scripture and stuff as he's brutally slaughtering people with a knife and like a tomahawk. Fucking hilarious. I loved that guy. I mean, just stabbing him on the ground. Just getting in there. So good. And they're kind of, their monologue the night before, or his monologue, and just kind of their conversation gives light to all their characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he summed up the whole thing. He's like, if I die, I die. I'm going out helping people. And then Denzel has his line where he says he thinks that everybody should be able to choose where they die. And they, they chose where they were going to die. Like, good night. Uh, even Ethan Hawke's character, the one reason he left is because he even said, I'm going to die here. He still came back. He knew he was going to die. He still came back. And he died and just in passing, which I really liked. Really like that. Because, yeah, I was expecting some kind of, like, slow slow-mo action scene where they're Denzel uh, runs over no no and holds him no the scene is aim at the steeple <laughs> and then next thing you know he's falling off the roof and Billy has like one small where he just like says something I think he dies. says good I think so yeah I think, I think when dies. he realizes he's gonna die he just says good and he just dies and they all know that this is the end of the path they chose. Death is the only end. And they're okay with it. Especially because they all knew that they could get out. Denzel specifically says, I harbored no ill will if you leave. Yeah. You can they, leave. None of them did. Half the town did. So I do want to talk about that. Okay. So if we're going to go in technical stuff. First of all, I would love for somebody to break down how many times they never reloaded after shooting a million times. That's just I know, movies. I know. But how many people did die? A lot. Because at the end of it, I thought, are, is there anybody to go back to this town? There's still people alive in the town. Like a lot of, three? Well, a lot of them did leave. And a lot of them were hiding. A lot of them did leave. Like half the town left. Yeah, it's for PG-13, like 400 people were killed in that final battle. <laughs> it was crazy. A lot of fucking people died. Because I, I was not expecting it to just continuously have people funneling in to just die. Just die. Just all of them die. Which is, I mean, is a very high body count. And it is PG-13, which we know it's like, well, they don't really show that much blood. I didn't think it was particularly violent for PG-13 like uh, Jack some people Horn. do. Jack Horn. Stabbing people. That, yeah, that's the only thing that I could see as kind of being a hard PG-13, but there, there was nothing that really struck me as hard anymore. I think just because PG-13 is just such a... Such a catch-all anymore. Yeah. Just... They could have easily, though, made this an R-rated movie and put language in it. And I think the worst thing they say is balls. They say shit a couple times. You know, That's about it. Nothing major. But you don't need it. This movie works really well. Really, really well. You know what this movie is? This is a great grandpa movie. If you have a grandpa... I don't have a grandpa. I've never had a grandpa. But know. if I had a grandpa, I would take my grandpa to this movie. And he'd be like, that was fucking rad. I'd be like, be original's like, better. And I'd be like, fuck you, grandpa. And then we'd fight in the parking lot. This is Just one of those... fist fighting. I like the original. I like the new one. I can't really say which one's better. I enjoy them both on different levels. I, I love the characters in this. Every one of them. Nobody felt out of place. When are you going to rate it, Kyle? I'm going to give this a solid 8.5. I really enjoyed this film. It's one I will probably buy and watch again. This is like Mad Max for me. I just had so much fucking fun. I'm not comparing the two. They're I was like, poof, that's, that's a bad road to go down. I'm just saying a movie that just the fun I had mm-hmm. watching it. I didn't take a single note because I was just, the characters hooked me immediately. The action didn't get tiresome, which for me usually it would because the whole third act is a fight. It mixed it up a lot. You know, there wasn't the flashback 
and forth and back and forth that I thought I was going to have. It was all of these condensed, smaller fights mm-hmm. that chronologically could just kind of go in order. thought it was great. I gave it an 8.2. It's really good. Absolutely go watch it. I highly recommend Magnificent Seven. Tons of fun. Especially if you like Denzel. And go watch fucking Lone Ranger. Because yeah, I, I am in that. the like 1% of people that like Lone Ranger. Well, now you're probably going to get some shit for that, but I don't give a fuck. Now they're just completely shitting I liked, on our suggestion of Magnificent I Seven. I liked lone ranger and i think people need to give it more of a shot if you can go into it kind of like magnificent seven of just i'm gonna have a fun time watching the stupid spaghetti western that's what spaghetti western should be is fun fun and violent and funny i think lone ranger i think the reason why it failed so much is because i think it was kind of one of those overhyped situations well, people shit on johnny depp as a tonto yeah which i which get that this movie there are two native americans they were Native American. One of them is like an ambassador for his tribe and everything. It was great. So there you go. They nailed it all. And the little they did it. Irishman that Chris Pratt kept calling no. him leprechaun. <laughs> a fit is, maybe that's where people think it's like a modern humor. Uh, I don't think a leprechaun's like a modern humor thing. I thought something would come from Chris Pratt uh, when he's with that and he's the little Irish guy puts his hand. He's like, why'd you have to go and put your hand on your gun for? I thought that was going to be like a callback later. Nope. It's just like a, I will fucking shoot you type thing. I'm not afraid to do this. Yeah, I did like that because it did give him a little edge because previously all you'd seen is kind of the goofy side of him. He's drunk and a con artist. Yeah, but then in that moment. Billy Two Guns. Yeah. (laughs) In that moment, because the Billy Two Guns thing, I mean, that doesn't really show him being necessarily like hard. Comic relief. Still comic relief there. But in that moment, you're like, oh, he will shoot you in the face. I really thought that, because I'm used to modern movies, that at the end, he's going to be a showdown with somebody. He's going to be dying. Like he'd go out. Why'd you touch your gun? Yeah. Like, ugh. But they didn't. Everything here stood on its own. They weren't setting up anything later in the movie. I liked it. I had fun with the movies. We did it. Yeah. Hopefully this trend continues because there's some bigger movies coming out. What we got next? I'm pretty sure Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children is next. And we got Girl on a Train. Girl on a Train. And I don't know what's after that. Rings? Oh, you lost me. Tyler Perry's Boo? Of Idea Halloween. Oh, no. That's an actual movie? It's a real movie. I thought you were just joking with me. No, that's a real fucking movie. Have you seen the poster? There's a poster? It's Halloween. The poster of Halloween. Oh, no. But it's Medea by the Pumpkin. (laughs) Please, everybody, help me. I want Lincoln and I to watch this piece of shit movie. Fuck. Please, please. I thought that was a joke. I thought you were joking with me. No, it's 100% a real movie. God. Damn it. 